welcome to the first inaugural episode of the Lap Down Podcast. I am your host, Greg Farmer, and alongside me is Ben, Justin, and Jamie. We would like to welcome you to this podcast. It is the first one. The music is brought to you by the Alkali Project. Check out their latest album, The Blood World on all streaming platforms or wherever you get your music. I just want to take a second. This is going to be great. Yes, it is. I just want to take a second real quick. Um, I talked to the other guys about this. There was one person in this entire world who was most supportive of me doing this podcast, and that was my mom. And she wanted to listen to every episode that we recorded, but unfortunately she was – tragically taken from us on christmas morning 2023 so i would just like to send a dedication out to my mom and hope that you're still listening to us now we we all know that she is we i know this is going to be an emotional one for you but hey uh we we all gotta start somewhere and what better way to do it than a dedication episode right off the bat thank you jamie all right so what we want to talk about first is who we are as i said my name is greg farmer i am your host i am from dallas georgia and we would like to tell you guys about our all-time favorite nascar drivers and how we got to where we are as a racing fan i grew up as a dale earnhardt jr fan my entire life since the age of five my mom got me into nascar at that age and I was a diehard junior fan all the way up until he retired. My current favorite driver right now is Alex Bowman in the number 48 Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet. And I came to know him when he took over for Dale Earnhardt Jr. in 2016 after Jr. was out with a concussion. And after that, I pretty much said that Jr. was going to pick Bowman to take over the 88 in 2018 when he retired and that's exactly what he did and i followed him through the 88 and into the 48 and have been a fan of his ever since bowman the showman yes sir uh let's go to ben next ben who you got all right so as i first started out my grandfather actually used to sell clocks to richard petty and I first started out liking Richard Petty and also Kyle Petty. And my dad used to work for DuPont. So I started rooting for DuPont. So I liked Jeff Gordon. And then I also liked Tony Stewart, but not as much as like Jeff Gordon. So as soon as Jeff Gordon retired and Chase Elliott took over for Jeff Gordon's car, I started following Chase Elliott. And... My uncle was a big, huge Bill Elliott fan, so I found it kind of neat for me to like Chase Elliott as well. So here I am, and I am from Lincoln, Delaware, and I'm just a stone throw away from Dover. Nice. Good old Rainbow Warrior, man. Yeah, I used to love that dude. He was great. (laughs) How about Justin? Justin, who's your favorite driver? Yeah, Bobby O'Bongi. Has been my uh, go-to guy ever since uh, I can remember. I met Bobby Obani on a Make Rich Crip. Um, but for those of you that are out there listening, that uh, don't know what Make Rich is, I do have a disability. So therefore, I qualified for Make Rich Crip. And Bobby Obani was... My uh, role model growing up and my current driver, I like Case Elliott. Nice. I like I like Bobby Labonte when I was younger, too. Yeah, I used to like him, too, man. Good old yeah. interstate batteries. Yep, and he had a little little, little edge edge to him, too. He, he, him oh, and yeah. Tony Stewart could have been good friends. Or he was always underrated. Yep, him and uh, Texas Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terry Labonte, uh, man. Him. Oh. oh, I'm from Iowa. Iowa. Fear the stash. Nice. Terry Labonte, fear the stash. Oh, yeah. Kellogg's car. Hell, yeah. That was a nice car, man. Yeah, so yeah. I used to, I used to have a, uh, 
I used to have a die cast of that car. So did I, man. I used to race my cars up and down the hallway at my parents' house. Pretending I was oh, yeah. Racing. Oh, yeah, same here. I had I had a whole field of cars that I used to race across the carpet, and I had a point yep. system and everything. Same same here, bro. And I put our pillows up against the wall. My mom was like, is that a vehicle? Did you hit the wall? I was like, oops. Meanwhile, you got me sitting in the kitchen floor with about – 20 different cars side by side and I'm using two hands trying to guide them all in circles as I'm spinning myself. <laughs> <laughs> all so right. Uh, you, yeah, Jamie, how, what you got, man? Yeah, so uh, as, as you all know, I'm Jamie. Uh, I'm from Georgetown, Delaware. So got a rock throw from Lincoln and then another rock throw to Dover. Um, for me, I, my dad was the bigger NASCAR fan. He he loved Dale Earnhardt. He met him multiple times. Um, so when I first started watching, I started rooting for Dale Earnhardt. But when, I, I would say my true fandom uh, began when we went to we w- took a trip to McDonald's uh, in Dover on Reese weekend, and Bill Elliott and his uh, his blue uh, moonlight car uh, was oh. displayed out there. That was a pretty and million, million dollar bill uh, compared to a seven year old looked a thousand feet tall. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hmm. meet, meeting him and uh, he actually lifted me up and let me see the cockpit of the car and let me hit the ignition switch, which was super cool. So he made a uh, a loyal fan out of me. So once once he stopped racing, uh, I kind of went to Dale Junior just to. Because he was my dad's favorite driver's son, so I was kind of put that two and two together. Uh, followed him till he retired, and then I went to Chase Elliott once he started. Uh, just to continue my Elliott fanage. Nice. I met uh, I I met Bill Elliott one time back in I believe it was I want to say two thousand eight, two thousand nine. He came to my uh, local dirt track down here in Georgia and ran a uh, super late model uh, memorial race, and I. He was probably the nicest guy I ever met. Uh, Tony oh, yeah. Stewart. Tony Stewart was there too, uh, but he didn't really come out and talk to anybody. Um, I believe I want to say Kenny Schrader was there too, but I can't remember. I was probably fourteen, fifteen years old. There was one time I met Kyle Petty. I ordered he was doing autographs at Hershey Park in like '94 or something, maybe '93. And then there was one time my grandfather. Like I said, he made clocks for Richard Petty. He took me to go see Richard Petty at in his museum was right next to his dad's house, which is where he lived as well. And I missed him by five minutes. Oh wow! My my next door neighbor, uh, when I lived in Lincoln, uh, his I always called him by Mister Joe. So if you ever listen to this, uh, shout out to you, Mister Joe. But he <laughs> he was the biggest Richard Petty uh, like hybrid fan that I've ever met. Like you can, if you, if Richard Petty had a merch on the table, this man had it in his basement. Like it was like, he had the standups, he had a replica hat. He had every single variation of the 43 that you could figure out when it came to the toy car. It, it was insane. I should have a Petty autograph somewhere. I had um, I had garage passes to Talladega one time, and uh, they were to the Xfinity Series garage. And I met probably three quarters of the Xfinity Series field in the race that day, and I got their autographs on hero cards. I met uh, Tyler Reddick, Elliot Sadler, uh, Jennifer Joe Cobb, Norm Benning, uh, Mike Harmon. Um, Spencer Gallagher, like all the guys that were running it that year, I believe it, I want to say it was 2016. And um, I met Matt DiBenedetto and Casey Kane up in Charlotte one year. Casey and, Kane, that, that kid, he, somebody who had a lot of talent, but not the best uh, manufactured help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and what what was cool about the Casey Kane meeting him is it was me and my buddy, and we were on the, the Coca-Cola 600 weekend. And his sprint car shop is right down the street from Junior Motorsports. And we went there and they had all of his sprint car drivers out there, like Brad Sweet and David Gravel and all them. And he was just walking. He wasn't behind a table. He wasn't surrounded by security or nothing. He was just walking around the shop, talking to fans. He went outside. 
Um, he actually met me outside. I went and bought a die cast just so he would sign it for me. And he met me outside and was like the nicest person I've ever met. Dang, man. I, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of that. Hazy King was one of those dudes where like you just saw him on TV and you, you knew he was just like a, a very chill dude to be around. Oh, yeah. My, bro- my brother was super jealous because he was a Casey Kane super fan growing up. Oh, all right. Let's let's move into our first topic. Let, let, yeah, of let's get, let's get back on. Let's get back on track here. There's <laughs> we have plenty of time to get on rabbit holes. <laughs> yep. Uh, our first topic of conversation tonight is going to be new faces and new places. Now, obviously, we're we're going into the 2024 season, and Daytona is rapidly approaching. We are some 47 days away from the Daytona 500. Uh, the biggest move of the off season that pretty much everybody saw coming was Noah Gregson is coming back to the cup series to drive the number 10 car for Stuart Haas racing. He is replacing Eric Almarola, who will be going to the Xfinity series to run part-time for Joe Gibbs racing. Now, for those of you who don't know, Noah was suspended mid 2023 after it was revealed on social media that he quote unquote, liked a meme that some people considered offensive and NASCAR suspended him indefinitely. And he was reinstated just about a month or two ago and after completing sensitivity training and all that. So my question to you guys is, how do you think he is going to perform in the 10 car considering it would be maybe a step up from the equipment that he was in in 2023? I'll start with Ben. Which manufacturer is it? Because I'm trying to find him, but I can't find him. Let, Stuart, uh, Haas. Stuart Haas is uh, Ford. Okay. Oh, Stuart Haas? Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, so he already has the talent already. He already showed it last season. Well, he, he raced last season. Yeah, last season, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he ran about half the season before he got yeah. suspended. And it was kind of subpar, if you would say. It was lackluster. We'll, we'll just call it for what it also is. Has to do now, he. He was dominant in the Xfinity series. I'm trying to find the list of all the drivers. I can't find the list on NASCAR's website. So crap. Here we go. Hold on. Of course, they don't have all the standings for Noah Gregson on here. Go figure. I was going to try to look them up a little bit. But I feel like if he's with Stuart Haas, he has a better chance of performing since they have better equipment. And he has also better drivers around him. So I feel like he's going to improve, and he could be a top 15 driver. I'm not going to say he's going to be a playoff, but he could be top 15 at least, close to top 15. Okay. Uh, Justin, you want, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, I think the kid will get to the second chance, and with his crew keep um, pairing, um, I think that team will be okay, and you'll see them win five or six races. In 2024 or overall? Overall. Okay. I mean, I, I honestly think he's going to win more than five or six races in his career. I mean, sorry, in 2024. No, no, it's okay. Oh, that, that should be a bold. Yeah, that's that, that's a bold prediction. He's, right he's going to win four four races this year, JP. Is that what you said? Yes. Oh, these, these websites aren't he's, updated at all. He's going. He's going big. Uh, Jamie, Jamie, what about you? I mean, the thing about Gregson is, like, yes, he he was he was dominant in the Xfinity series, uh, but we've seen countless of drivers perform well in the Xfinity series, but then come up to the to the cup series and just get overwhelmed with the talent that is in the cup series. Um, However, I think a lot of his struggles had to do with the equipment that he had. Uh, Gregson is not a driver who is going to make the manufacturer better. He, he, he's a product of the equipment that he has. And I think it'll, especially with, uh, with the different changes that Ford is going through with the season, I think it's going to be a slow start. Uh, for a lot of the Ford drivers, but I don't know. I, he he's going to definitely finish better than he did last year. He's going to be, uh, I, I'd say, probably in the later half of the 
of the season, he'll you'll start seeing him trickling more into the top fifteen, top tens. Uh, may, maybe sneak a win uh, somewhere somewhere on the restrictor plates because he's he's a good restrictor plate driver. But yeah. a lot of it, lots of success is going to come to uh, Andy Houston. Uh, Andy Houston is a great uh, crew chief, uh, and I well, think here, that I'm actually looking at Wikipedia. And it lists Drew Blickensturfer. Durfer. Yeah. That's who I said. I don't even see the guy you just mentioned. He's not on there. Rod- Rodney Childers is for Josh Berry. And it actually looks like, according to this, looks like Noah Gregson and Chase Briscoe are going to probably be the main people. Of this oh, so Andy Houston's a spotter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Andy Houston, good father. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry to yeah, be the interruption. He's a spot. So, yeah, my bad. Hey, keep, keep me honest. Keep me honest. No, nah, nah, that's okay. Um, so before I give my thoughts, I have a question for you guys. Who do you think will be his primary sponsor for 2024? Because obviously with the whole, you know, offensive meme thing, it's kind of like the whole Kyle Larson deal. He didn't really pick up a whole lot of sponsors when he came back to the Cup Series. So, who do you think will pick up Noah? Uh, hold on here. <laughs> the, um... Well, Oscar, um, I think it's going to be hard for Noah. Yeah, there's no mention right now of any type of. Oh, we lost Greg. There's no, there's no mention of him signing any type of deal for a sponsor on Wikipedia. However, I feel like it's going to be, it's going to be like the whole entire like situation right now with, um, oh, jeez, his name is slipping my mind right now. But um, Larson. I think it's going to be just like how they have doing it with Larson. They'll probably do maybe shared sponsors, or maybe the first year it would be Stuart Haas Racing sponsors. Yeah, I think uh, with that, I mean, we kind of saw with uh, with uh, Kyle Larson, right? Uh, for the longest yeah. time, he had Hendrick Cars as like his main sponsor uh, yeah. because that was Rick Hendrick's uh, own I mean, own think brand. This way, actually, you know what? Stewart owns SRS Racing, right? Yeah. He could do SRS Racing sponsorship on it, couldn't he? I, I think he could. Um, but I, I would have to see, uh, like, what main sponsors, like, uh, SHR has. Uh, let me see here. As we're stalling to get uh, Greg back on here. Welcome, Rumble. <laughs> How's it going? It's going great, Rumble. <coughs> it's glad to hear. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Yep. Uh, while we're waiting for the to hop back on. Currently, who you used to like when you grew up, and who you currently like, and why. And okay. Whatever you want to share. All right. So, I'm Rumble. I grew up on the West Coast of Canada here, and we're not really big on uh, racing out here. We're a bunch of Anyways, we're not really big on racing out here, and I've been a racing fan for since I was like my dad took me to the racetrack when I was like twelve, and there was burning tires and oil and gasoline, and I was in love forever. Um, it's it's been it's been a long time too. I mean, I'm fifty one. Uh, first time I went to a track, I was like eleven or something. So it's been a long time doing this. Um, what else? What else would you like me to say about myself? I live out here in. Uh, Close to Vancouver, BC, Canada. So, that's awesome. I like it. I like it. So tonight, I'm sorry, I was running late here. I was just running in a league race for uh, people. 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 Oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, so we're we're still on the topic of new faces and new places. Yeah. And uh, what what do you think your overall perception on Noah Gregson's season is going to look like in 2024 driving the 10 car for Stuart Haas? I think it's actually going to do very well. I mean, Greg Gregson's a good driver. Right? I mean, he didn't get there because he doesn't have no talent. So I think I think he'll do very well. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be what people expect it to be. I don't think it's going to be top shelf, but I think he'll be there. It's 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 hard struggling getting fast race cars in this in this series, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I mentioned that uh, with uh, Gregson because uh, we we've seen a lot of cars, uh, a lot of people coming from Xfinity to uh, the Cup Series who have all the hype, right? But once they once they get acclimated to the talent that's in the Cup Series, it can get either overwhelming or it takes them some time to find their footing and uh, start to perform the way that they used to. Absolutely, it's deep water, right? You're swimming in deep water. Yeah, and, and that's that's where it is. If, if, and then. Uh, Greg, you're back. Uh, so to answer your yes. question, uh, as far as a sponsor uh, for Gregson, uh, I actually did some research, and uh, Ryan Priest uh, last year ran about 12 races for uh, HaasTooling.com. So if they can't find any main sponsors going into it, I'd imagine that would probably be his main sponsor for a little while, similar to how Kyle Larson used uh, uh, HendrickCars.com. Okay, I got you. Now that, that that's a good prediction, but that that's that's my thought and opinion. Um, yeah. Granted, they they could uh, pull out a left side because I was looking at like some of the sponsors that Harvick had, and uh, Bush is going to Ross Chastain. Uh, Hunt Brothers is likely to join uh, Joey Logano. So there's <laughs> there's not a lot of uh, main main uh, sponsorship that was sticking around once Harvick left. So that that's like, the biggest challenge for him. And like I was throwing around at Jamie, maybe SRS Racing could be a could be a sponsor maybe perhaps. Yeah. You got you guys can hear me, right? Yeah, yeah. I can hear okay. you. Okay. Yep. Okay. We so can. all right, so I'm gonna give my thoughts real quick before we move into the next one and I'm gonna go on a bold prediction NASCAR conspiracy theory here real quick. Ooh fire away um, conspiracy theory. Fire away. So I I believe that Gregson will do good, you know, like Jamie and Ben said, like he's not going to be contending for a win every single week, I but he'll probably so. squeak in. He'll probably squeak in some top 10s, top 15s and stuff like that. But if you look at the broad spectrum of things, this is the last year that Stuart Haas Racing has signed with Ford. So they either will either – stick with Ford after 2024, or there's been a lot of people that have been wanting Dale Jr. to come to the Cup Series with Junior Motorsports, but he's not going to buy it. He's not going to buy a charter because they're upwards of 40 to $50 million for, right for a charter. Yes, absolutely. So That's... what, what my prediction is, is in 2025, Dale Jr. buys into Stuart Haas racing and becomes a co-owner and Stuart Haas racing switches to Chevy and he gets Gregson and Noah back as quote unquote his drivers. All right, both ties to the front. I'm I'm all good with that. All right, and on that topic, our next driver change is still with Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, Josh Berry was announced actually very early in 2023. Right that he, he would be graduating from the Xfinity series for junior motorsports to take over the four car for Kevin Harvick yep. who is now retired. We Harvick do. will be moving to a TV role with Fox sports. Now, Josh did have a few starts in 2023 driving the nine car after filling in for Chase Elliott, who had the uh, broken leg um, in the snowboarding incident. I think it was like <laughs> right either right before or right after Auto Club last year. I gotta laugh. It's just and snowboarding he, uh, incident. <laughs> he actually did he actually did fairly well in that car. Now granted I've heard from other podcasts and stuff like that that the Cup series is kind of like the truck series. They're very, very uh, aerodynamic dependent and the cars are easier to drive just like the trucks and stuff like that. And the Xfinity series is a totally different animal. So starting with Ben, how do you think Josh Berry will fare in his first full-time season in the next gen cup car? I'm excited to see how he does. I, I think he did a really good job helping out with Hendrick last year. Um, honestly, He's probably one of the better rookies in the field, and I think he could be one of the. He could be in the playoffs. 
I think if they put it together, he's got a real chance. Like, there's there, so. there's a reason why he's here at this point right now. He's got a he earned it. Right, exactly. It's, oh yeah, it's not it's not just bullshit. So, I know. I think he's got a legitimate legitimate chance. Yep. Justin, what about you? JP, what about yeah. you? What say you, JP? J- JP. Maybe he, uh, maybe he's doing. JP's something. got some got some technical issues, so I'll go ahead and go. Uh, yeah, and go ahead. Jamie. If he gets back in, then we'll we'll, we'll then uh, finish up before we close the segment. Um, I think Josh Berry. Josh Berry is one of those kids. He he has uh, some grit to him, uh, and you don't really find that uh, in a lot of these younger drivers. Um, the thing that I think is mucho beneficial for for Josh Berry is the the support and leadership that he has around him. So you got Rodney Childers uh, being his crew chief, then they stole uh, uh, Eddie DeHaan uh, <laughs> from Hendrick. Uh, so when he filled in for Chase, uh, Eddie DeHaan was the one who was uh, spotting for him uh, during those races. So that was a major win. Uh, for uh, Stuart Haas Racing in general, to get somebody of that cap from another caliber team to right. come in with a young driver, Absolutely. so that's going to help him out. Um, I think I honestly think probably in the, at the midway point, Josh Berry is going to have one, maybe two wins. I was thinking the uh, same. Thing. Come come the halfway point. Yep, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, I. What bet. about you, JP? There's JP. Hey, there's JP. Back. All right, All right so JP, we're, we're talking what's, about... What are your thoughts uh, on Josh Berry? Yeah, Josh Berry. <laughs> so, so, I have appeared, okay? Josh Berry, in my eyes, will have three wins and be the first rookie to win the championship. And let me tell you why. Why? He... Was really impressive in that night course. Um, that kid knows how to drive a race car. He's got running kills as his cooking. So I see no reason that poor team should not be battling for wins and possibly be the title. I like so you that think as a young kid coming in, he's just going to instantly step in Overshoot Denny Hamlin, right. overshoot right. Kyle Larson, right. Chase Elliott, even getting some run-ins with Ross Chastain and Bubba Wallace and Joey Logano. You think he's just going to come in and just trump all of them and steal a championship day one, year one? Is that what you're saying? That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that Ooh. kid was really impressive in the scars he got in that nine car. So, he's got that never give up attitude. So you, you, you know, you know what that is, Greg. What's that? That that is bold, and <laughs> that is very bold. <laughs> Jay, Jay, he sounds like he's been drinking himself some bulletproof coffee. for those that uh, for those that don't know, bulletproof coffee is one of our sponsors. <laughs> you can find it in the link below uh, from the podcast. Uh, if you never had bulletproof coffee, do it. It is very delicious, and they they do a lot more than just coffee as well. Well, how much how much is it going to cost me to get it shipped up there to uh, to Canada? That's what I need to know. I'll, <laughs> I'll drink their coffee. I'll send you a link. Give me one second. There you go. <laughs> All right. Before we close the segment out, we have to talk about a little bit of uh, breaking news uh, from a few days ago. Uh, on New Year's Eve, December 31st, NASCAR Hall of Famer Cale Yarborough passed away at the age yeah, of 84. Man. Mm. Um, yeah, Cale, Cale Yarborough totaled 83 wins during his 31-year career. That is fifth all-time on NASCAR's all-time win list. Absolutely. It's, it's 69 poles in his career, which ranked third all-time, and he also won the Daytona 500 four times which is second only to Richard Petty's seven wins in the Daytona 500. Absolute warrior. He retired, he retired from NASCAR in 1980 after winning six races. And, but after that, 
he, he also competed in open wheel racing, including four appearances in the famous Indianapolis 500. He retired from racing for good in 1988, and he owned Kale Yarborough Motorsports that competed in the Cup Series until 2000. And then after that, he made sporadic appearances at the track and was inducted in NASCAR's inaugural Hall of Fame class, I believe, in 2010. I didn't know that. He made four appearances. Like he raced four 500s? Yeah. Yes, he did. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, now I've got even more respect for this man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and little fun fact, the Kale Yarbo is actually one of the co-responsible people for putting NAS- NASCAR on the TV map. Yep. Do you know why? I do, and I'd be happy to tell you why. I do I not, I do not know, but fire, fire away. Let and me know. It was the 1979 Daytona 500. The entire eastern seaboard was snowed in <laughs> due to a massive snowstorm, right. so they decided to broadcast the NASCAR Daytona 500 flag to flag. It was the first ever broadcast flag to flag for the 500. The fight. And, and him and Donnie Allison yes, were going fight. down the backstretch on the last lap, and they tangled going into turn three and ended up in the infield grass. And Richard Petty went on to take yep. the win, but that was overshadowed by Carol Yarborough and Donnie Allison getting into a full-on fisticuffs in the infield grass. Yes, sir. The good the old days. The best way to put NASCAR on the map is the good old days. Bumper to bumper racing and then fisticuffs right after. The, the good old and days. And if, if yep. you haven't checked it out, you can find it right on YouTube. So. Yep. If, you, if you want to see some old school uh, fisticuffs, that that's that's where you need to find it. It, it definitely was entertaining to watch. All right. Old school cars. I'm, All right. We are going to move into our next segment. I, I do next... have my I do have a pop up trivia question. Okay. Fire away. So, th- this will be open for all of you guys. And uh, we'll go in our traditional style, uh, starting with Greg, on who your answer is going to be. Who has the most consecutive championships in NASCAR Cup Series? That would be Jimmy Johnson with five. Man, yeah. And when did he do it? He's probably right. He's probably right. I, I would say probably Jimmy Johnson as well. I yeah, would say he's Jimmy probably Johnson. right. Yeah, he's probably and right. who is second? Two would be second on getting five consecutives in. Who would be the second most? That would, I believe, was Carol Yarborough. You are correct. Are you? Yeah, okay. That's nice. Well, good on Kale him. Kale Yarborough, uh, before Jimmy Johnson, was the leader with three consecutive NASCAR titles, from ranging from 76 to 78. That's pretty fucking impressive, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Which was almost unheard of back in those days. Of course, right? It was, and mm-hmm. Dale Earnhardt could have been, could have been it, but he he would get to two back to backs, and then somebody would uh, steal one from him uh, in between. Yep. All right, we're gonna move into our next segment. This segment is called "Let's Get Ready to Rumble." Oh. And this segment. This segment is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics, where you can buy all of your sports apparel. If you're looking for your 2024 NASCAR merch apparel, click the link in our description of this podcast and go buy your 2024 NASCAR apparel. Rumble, you know, what like, you got for us today? No, never gets a Let's, sponsor. You can, what, you can find off in All right, I'm waiting for it. So what do I have for you today? I was actually going to fire off with the Lagana thing, but that's actually not where I'm at. Let's talk about the Bush Clash there um, at, at LA, the LA Col- Coliseum. I looked today, what is it? It's 150 laps and it equals to 37.5 miles. What what a what is going on here? What are we doing? It, racing, we, you know, it's it's silly. I I look forward to your guys' opinions, but I've been watching NASCAR for like thirty years, and to to have it happening like that is just goofy. It's just goofy. Little, like it's the tiniest track in the world, and it actually kind of pisses me off. What are we doing here? So it's got you uh, rumbling a little bit. It's got me rumbling a little bit, and. Well, so that- well, I will I will answer that question first. Um, so I like I grew up with NASCAR for in the the mid 
to late 2000s and 2010s and stuff. And I grew up with the clash at Daytona two weeks before the Daytona 500. Right. Now, when they when they announced that it was going to the L.A. Coliseum, I thought it was going to be kind of stupid because it's you're, you're building a quarter mile track inside a football stadium and all that. Now, when they when they did the race the first time, I thought it was pretty cool because they really did open up a new market. Right. Ab- but absolutely. I believe I agree with you there. I I believe it's worn out. It's welcome. I believe NASCAR should put it back at Daytona and go back to the traditional style format. You have two weeks of speed weeks. You get the clash. Yeah. Next week you get, you get pole qualifying on Sunday. Then you have your practices. Then you have your duels on Thursday and then you race the 500 the next Sunday. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why I wanted to bring this up because I was actually looking just today and I'm like, it's so annoying to watch them race. And I, there's my, my local track, my local track, it's in Agassiz, BC. It's a quarter mile. It's the exact same thing. And it would be ridiculous to have NASCARs there because they don't fucking belong there. They can't even get up to fuck. Anyways, you, does that make it's sense? It's smart in Bristol. Yeah, it just, um, it just but... doesn't make sense. Ben, what's it your thoughts? Sense. I, I, I think it's dumb. I think it looks like little RC cars out there struggling along. It looks dumb. And it's just a popularity publicity stunt. That's all it is. That's exactly what it is. It is... Uh, Please come watch NASCAR. You guys that live in LA. It, yep. it, it makes no sense because for you and me, and I think everybody in this conversation right now, I'm like I said again, I am 51 years old, but I'm I'm all about the tradition and let's let's go run the, the Bush Clash like we always did. That's what are we doing at the LA Coliseum? It makes no sense to me. It makes sense to eight people that might become fans. Does that make sense to you? I don't know. It pisses me off. And that's why I wanted to bring this up first, actually, because it's just a lot of celebrities show up, and that's it. It it just doesn't make sense. All right, JP, what's your take on it? Well, they they need to announce. You know, if they're going to move things around, move it around or keep it in one spot. Go back to Daytona. Have it be the Kagiskon Daytona Speed Reads, or if they are going to make changes, move it around. Yeah, like they should do with the All Star Race. The All Star, the All Star Race should move around, in my opinion. Should not. I I agree with that notion. I've been saying that for years. Yeah, move it around. Uh, y'all, y'all are gonna love me, Jamie. Go ahead. <laughs> y'all are gonna love me. Me Go personally, I I enjoyed it. I did. What the Bush I, Clash? I enjoyed the fact that they. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the Bush Clash. I enjoyed the fact that they somehow managed to fit it inside a football field. Uh, I I enjoyed the 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 celebrity uh, talent that they had uh, during intermissions. Uh, kind of because not gonna lie, during like the Bush Clash when there was like intermissions and stuff like that, I I could care less like what was going it, on. Between it was. Me. I was. It was definitely a spectacle. To, compared to what NASCAR it's, usually it's, does, it was reaching out to a bunch of people it's, that it's, they it's don't. It's out of the it's out of the box thinking. Absolutely, I think NASCAR needs to do that to get some of the younger eyes on the competition. However, if since we're talking about 2024, something that I do like that they're doing that I don't think is getting enough publicity is not on. Not only are they doing the the Bushlight Clash, but they are also adding the NASCAR Mexico series. So not a lot of people knew that there was NASCAR in Mexico, that they had their own series in Mexico. And now on a televised stage, they're going to be able to showcase their second product. And that second product of the Mexico uh, series, they're going to have their drivers uh, driving. uh, They're going to have their own uh, race during the intermission between the two clashes. And I think that is really cool. And not not only will uh, fans see the stars of all all their favorite superstars, but then they'll get to see the talent that's in a whole other country that no one really knew existed until now. Fair enough. How can we do it? Fair enough. All right. do I like that. that. I like that. Now, now, don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm impressed that they were able to fit a NASCAR track inside a football stadium. And granted, 
when they first did the Bush clash at LA Coliseum, they announced that 80% of the tickets sold were people who had never attended a NASCAR race before. Mm -hmm. the, the problem that I have with that is that those people who attended that race are not going to travel more than a hundred miles to go to a different race. And, They're going to stay local and listen, to you what are, they're used to. You are bang on. And I'd like, I would like to thank you for saying that because you, you are dead straight on. Uh, again, we're going to talk about Lugano here shortly. NASCAR fans are, they're, they're rabid. They'll get on a plane. They'll fly across the country to get to see a race. Nobody else is getting on a plane to go watch an NBA game or, Right, like you have, you would have to be a rabid I fan drove, to go do that. So, I drove seven and a half hours to go to Bristol twice in a year. Two yeah, times, two saying, times. NASCAR, NASCAR fans are dedicated fans, and they always have been. And there's no yep. reason for us to get away from and, what made us the he, best fans of any sport, right? So I don't, I don't disagree with you there, uh, Rumble. I, I do not disagree about the NASCAR fan base and how ravaged they are and how loyal they are. However, I, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here because obviously I have a different perception than everybody else in this. And I think that that number, 80% of the people who have bought tickets had never seen a NASCAR race, that is a huge win for NASCAR because that's 80% of their clientele who potentially can become fans. And yes, maybe they were there solely for the talent that was going to be singing, not necessarily what was going to be on the track. But everyone has to start somewhere. There has to be a drawing point to get them interested in it. And now with uh, people like Michael Jordan and uh, Pitbull and other uh, Floyd Mayweather, other superstars from other areas uh, getting into NASCAR, having partnerships in their teams, uh, all that's going to do is just, just attract more uh, of a younger fan base. And sometimes you, you have to do things that are kind of out of pocket compared to what we're used to. And I, I don't see any reason why should they why they should stop doing this and at the Coliseum until numbers just drop. But that's that's just my opinion. All right, but, and and you're not wrong. We could, you got to no. draw new people There's in. Not, but I, I don't think a race at the Coliseum there in LA is how you draw them in. I don't think I don't think the people there get to see a fucking whole ass NASCAR doing what it does. You're getting to see it do a quarter of what it does, right? Like it's it's. I'd rather, I'd rather. You know what they need is a like a sneak peek. What they need is a big old fucking racetrack down there in Southern California and bring the fucking people there. I don't know what else to say so about what, that. What, would Would you have rather have been a a road course through San Francisco? I don't know. Do you think that would work? I don't think it would. I don't think it would either. I, I just. I, <laughs> I don't, think. I think putting it, it inside. Uh, the Coliseum is a big drawing point because it had never been done. Right. And now that we've seen it, I'm excited to see what kind of changes they're going to make right. to it, if any at all. But it's but it was it, the very first time it happened was an exhibition race, and we're doing this again and again. And I don't think that's where it belongs. It, it was an exhibition race, and tell me I'm wrong. You guys, would you rather not watch this play out at a real racetrack and not the Coliseum in LA? I'm an I'm an old school NASCAR guy. I'd rather see this play on a real racetrack than than this. It's it's well, an it's, it's, it's an exhibition. What was, race. Where was the All Star race at? Uh, less this, this past year, Wilkesboro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wilkesboro. And that would make more sense. I mean, if you're looking at the racing between Wilkesboro and uh, the stadium, it's it's pretty similar. There's only one groove. You have to shove somebody out of the way in order to get there. It's just a slightly bigger track. So right. if we're doing comparisons, like people love Wilkesboro, but they hate on the stadium. It's the same exact driving style. So well, just all, with a slightly less uh, track. You know that everybody that's sitting here watching racing will all find a reason to bitch because something didn't go fucking right. You know, some, some went wrong, <laughs> some went left. Right? That, and, that, and that is the, the truest truth. statement. It's the truth. <laughs> we'll, we'll find something to bitch about it and say it's not We right. will. Okay. So... I mean, they could have done a race in a downtown. I wouldn't have said San Francisco, but like LA. I'm not. So, a, I'm not a fan of what's going on there. And the, what is it? The Chicago Street Course. I I hate that shit. That's. But I'm old yeah. school, you guys. I I want to see. I I always want to be turning left, otherwise it's the Glen or it's Sonoma. 
I'm I'm well, an old fucking racing Wumble, guy. Wumble, I got a question for you and you only. Fire well, away, JP. Everyone can kind of get the Wumble concept. But, Wumble, what is your bold prediction for Irish Speedway? Are you wondering about that? Are you wondering in a good way, or are you wishing that they didn't come to Iowa? Well, I'd be rumbling about it because I ain't been there yet, and I've been to Iowa many times, so I don't know how I didn't end up at the track. So that's what I'm rumbling about. I got other shit to rumble about too. So, well, I got I got a question for you, Rumble, real quick. Fire away. You said you're a traditional NASCAR guy, right? I am. Okay, so we've already heard you rumble about the LA Coliseum. How do you feel about NASCAR going from the LA Coliseum for the Clash to the Daytona 500 on a super speedway, and then the very next week racing at Atlanta, which is another now drafting style track? That's actually. You know what? I, I got one thing to say about that. I sure wish they'd put a fucking update on my NASCAR E5 so I could race fucking the new Atlanta because that's that's a fucking super speedway, man. I, I love it. And so I the couple it races should have been a super speedway the, all the, time. The, the couple races I have watched at there now, that's it's as a fan, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna call it the absolute truth here. As as an a spectator. If you are my mom or my dad or anyone that doesn't care about racing, you want to watch racing where it's crazy. They're bumping fenders. They're fucking people are flying through the air. That's what they want to see. And that's what NASCAR wants to do. But every fucking, every, every single race car driver doesn't want to do that because they don't want to be flying through the fucking air and dying, right? So it's I always, it's, I always loved Atlanta, man. I always consider Atlanta a speedway. But anyway. the, I, I sure wish they had the new one on our game because I would love to race there because I've watched the, the new Atlanta's super speedway shit. I don't care what anybody oh, yeah. it's it's super speedway shit. That's I hauling fucking attend, ass. I attended both Atlanta races last year. Did you? Yeah, man. You are lucky yes. as shit. Dude, so I I have to say the 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 uh, spring race was okay. Yeah. The, the summer race at night was absolutely incredible. Right. They they never separated from what you call the pack once during the night until the rain came. Yeah. And it I was I it was I took my kids for the very first time and it was their first ever race. Well, and awesome. my, my 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 three year old daughter watched it watches it on TV and loves it. My son's just getting into it. They were on the edge of their seat the entire race. That's awesome. That's super awesome, man. Fuck you. I wish I had my kids out there. They're, yeah, that's awesome, buddy. I think. Right, so what else? What, what else you got to rumble about? Um, rumble, 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 rumble. Oh, we got to talk about Joe Logano and how he called us all spoiled race fans because we have too much access to him. We have too much access to him. He said we could literally get pictures five five minutes from him sitting in his car. <laughs> what a pansy. The guy's uh, the biggest that's... biggest bitch in the entire fucking sport. So I guess yeah, that was I my point. He's, he's was such a fucking whiner, that guy. Anyways... <laughs> Well, I I can't I can't stand Logano to begin with, and two NASCAR fans are not spoiled. If you want like pre race access, you're still gonna pay out the yin yang to so, even get close to the drivers and the so cars on pit road. Back in the day, that uh, you guys all are well aware of, is you could actually go to the track and beat your driver and get your shit signed. And he's trying to yep. compare it to NFL people, and it's, it's a whole different thing. It's 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 apples to oranges. You're actually talking about going to meet your guy, and if you actually look at it, if you go get any NHRA tickets, you can go down there and watch them rebuild their cars, standing right there. They fire that shit up, and you get to stand there and see it. I'm again. I think Joe Logano's got a whiny mouth on him, and he's uh, he pisses me off. I'll leave it at that. He has a stick up his ass. I think so, right? Like, what is wrong with you, man? Like, you, 
you're a millionaire with beautiful houses and shit. You're whining about your fans. And then he tried to walk it back the next week. And he said that some of us were uneducated. I'm sorry, Joey. I'm I'm uneducated. You fucking asshole. What? what He's such an asshole, man. Like, you're driving a race car and you're getting paid huge money to drive a race car. Like, fucking smile and wave with you, mean you don't fucking call me names. I can understand understand if he's an F1 driver. He's scared yeah, to wave because exactly. that hair's going to fly off. <laughs> right? That too. That too. That chick come flying right off at any time. Uh, ben, you got any thoughts on it? He's just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, straight to the point. <laughs> ben yeah. was never so more effective with quite so few words. Yeah, I, I got, got two people. I got two people to flip off in Bristol now. So I'd, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if we touched on this yet, but how do you all feel about the the NASCAR hybrid <laughs> race cars coming down the pipeline for us? Ah, so you actually ah. touched on something, Rumble. This was going to be our backup conversation if you didn't was show it? up. So since you're here, let's go ahead and talk about it, Greg. Let's talk about all it. All right. It's, let's it's talk on about my it. Mind. It's on my mind, and that's one thing I was. Can we should talk about All right, so are we talking about the manufacturers or the hybrids? I'm talking about the hybrids. <laughs> once once you go to hybrid racing, um, I'm probably not going to be a fan anymore, and I'm just going to my local short track on Saturday night because I don't care what NASCAR thinks about hybrid fucking racing. Let's, let's have the best of the best all the fucking time. And just like F1, F1 has an E, right? They have an E-series. Go ahead, NASCAR, have a fucking E series, but don't fuck up our good shit. Don't fuck up our well, good shit. Well, from what I what I've been hearing about the hybrids and stuff is that might be its own independent series with I would guess developmental drivers. I don't think it's gonna be like incorporated into the Cup series or the Xfinity series just yet. I but sure from hope like not. from like from like what I've been reading, they they were maybe leaning towards some sort of like electrification uh, right. thing inside the cup cars, kind of like yep. a uh, push to pu- a push to pass like the Indy cars right. have. I've, I've heard the same thing. Yes. I, Along the same lines. Yes. I don't know if I agree with that because basically what the push to pass does in the Indy cars is it gives you like an extra 10 to 15 horsepower and you can only use it on a straightaway. If you're going to add horsepower, just go ahead and add another 200 horsepower to the cars and make them harder to drive and make the drivers actually work for it. There you is go. So, the, there you go. So, I am, I am a purist on this idea. You, you don't add an extra drag reduction system, whatever. You don't add that shit. Just give it to them the whole time so everybody can race as fast as they want to <laughs> I mean, the whole time. The, I, the thing I, is, I, we're getting to it. We're getting into a day and age where they're adding more and more uh, road courses, which I am actually a fan of. Okay. I enjoy road course road racing. Course. And if that is the direction that they're going and they implement it for the road course races only, I am a big fan of that because that adds a whole new dynamic to the road course racing. And a lot more uh, opportunities can be had with guys who uh, may have good cars, but they're just stuck behind uh, a Ryan Newman-esque driver who is just impossible to get past. It's almost sound like a noob here. Is that in the F1 game, the video game, they have the uh, boost thing, I guess? You yes. use it near the end. Is that what that is? I'm guessing yes, that's the push yes. to pass. Okay, okay. It's the push gotcha. to pass, which uh, I also have to say this out loud to everybody if this is being recorded. I think the idea of a push to pass button while you're racing is just redonkulous. It's stupid. The whole The whole car should be pushed to pass. The whole time. So you're you're not a fan of any car. I'm I, I am a fan of any car and actually they used to race here in my city. I'm just I I hate the idea of a drag so was it uh, F one that's a drag reduction system. A push to pass the push to pass should be on all the cars all the time. We're racing, right? Like we want the best thing the whole time, right? Like does that not make sense? Like, so I'm going to come in here and I'm going to 75% of the race, I'm going to have a motor that's fucking crippled instead of being as fast as it can be. The whole point is to race. 
Why, yeah. why would you have a push to pass? It doesn't make so sense. The push to pass is more of a strategy piece. It's everybody has the same amount of push to pass in all their cars, so you still have the manufacturer right. and so, team uh, and the team builds that makes them fast. But the push to pass adds that extra strategic dynamic of, okay, now we're getting into the final uh, final fifteen laps. You, I now know that I still have eighty percent of my push to pass because we have had just a solid car moving around. I'm sitting here in second place. I'm gonna. I know the guy in front of me only has about maybe 40 right. to 30. So right. I'm going to use that to my advantage and I'm going to use this to get around them and be able to be on the button a lot more. So, and so from a strategy standpoint, I see why they have it. And I, I enjoy it because any car uses that a lot. So we disagree because I feel like every car should have that advantage the entire time, the whole time we're racing. If, they do. Every car has a, has a quote unquote hundred percent barometer of push to pass. But there's no need to have a button to push to say to push to pass. The whole car should be like that the whole time. Mm. There, there should be no push to pass. There should be the cars flat out and race. I will say, as somebody who's been to two Indy 500s and then seen them use it at the Indy 500, yeah, it is it is phenomenal to watch. And I believe, I believe when, when when you see it hands on, especially at a super speedway like Indy. It, I think it would change your opinion if you saw it firsthand. That, that's just me, but we'll 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 go we'll call it we'll call it right there. Uh, JP, what's your thought on push to pass? You and Ben and Greg. Oh, push to pass. Well, I I don't watch much Indy, but what I do know about it is uh, I don't think it. Would be good on NASCAR cards. Simply, it's because too much of a advantage. Too many people have died when they made changes like that. And yeah. So okay, so you're you're looking at it from from just a safety perspective. I I can I can understand that. I can yeah. see it being usable on road courses. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could too because uh, road courses need to be more. Not all, yeah, but not on like super speedways or any kind of oval tracks. Not even Bristol. Like it's just too dangerous. I, I agree with JP. It can be a little dangerous. I mean, especially if it's added on extra t- ten, what ten, ten miles per hour. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's it like they add. Yeah, it adds like 10 to 15 more horsepower, which is, I would say, probably 15 to 20 mile an hour difference. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that could be dangerous, especially if you're at Daytona and maybe going to that corner and you don't realize how much more horsepower you well, have. Well, I would, I would but, argue. But also it's... at the same time, like, if, you, if you're at a track like Bristol, there ain't no reason <laughs> to have push the pass at Bristol because you're, you're in the gas for like four seconds and then you're off the gas. Yeah. I would argue it's less dangerous if everybody has the same amount of power because you're all going to find yourself in the same corner doing the same thing. You know, you're not separated. Oh, there's the loser guy that's going to be 15 miles. Or no, no, you're going to get cleaned out by that shit. So anyways, it should all be even. There should be no push to pass. In my in my, in my world, their push to pass seems like, uh, what do they call that movie? The, the, the fucking, all those drifting guys. Um, anyways, that was as, as, as if our NASCAR Heat Five races were any any more hectic. Just <laughs> just add a just add a JP game ready go lap down. And he uses it, all of his push to pass the same. Right? Okay, it's no time. It's no time. Let's go. All right. And with that, and with that, we will move into our final segment of the night. This is our W Energy's bold predictions. Bold. Do you have? Do you need an energy boost during the day? Pick up some W Energy. Click the link in our description to pick up some W Energy today. All w. right. Don't forget to so use our, our promo code. And what is that promo code, Ben? SSPP10. SSPP10. All right. So our W Energy bold prediction for this week. Week one will be who is your early championship for and who walks away with the championship in 2024, starting with Ben. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to say Chase Elliott is on revenge tour. 
SAE is going to walk away with five wins in the championship. Mm. Who's, who's going to be the rest of the final four? Yeah. I, I'm going to give Josh Berry top five. I'm going to go with Bowman at four. Give me Kyle Bush at three and Larson at two. So you're, you're saying in the final four, there's going to be three, three Hendricks in the final four. Exactly. Ooh. Look All right. It. He, he's uh, expecting Rumble. some big things from Hendrick. Always Rumble. every year, Ooh. man. Pretty good. Rumble, who are your championship four and who well, walks away with the title? I'm only picking one. It's Ross Chastain. That's it. Who do you think is going to make the final four with him? Uh, that would be Chase. That would be uh, – I'm going to go with William Byron there. And, uh, fuck, I don't, I don't even know who the fourth is, but they'll be up there. Mm. Ooh. So – so how how does let, let me ask you this, Rumble? Since you got Ross Chastain win the championship, how does he win it? Is he going to push somebody out of the way, or is he just going to use his few sheer horsepower? I I think he's just going to use fucking sheer horsepower, and he's going to kick ass, man. Mm. Because to get the the man's a driver, have you seen it? He's good. Melon man. Yeah, the melon man. He's a driver. Here he comes I, to wreck your day. All right. I've been thinking about this for a couple days now. And then, yeah, I'm going with Chastain. All right. There you go. All right, JP, who's your picks? Hmm. My picks will be the one, um, Watch Cascade. Sorry, Rumble. I have to agree with you, Dave. Uh, All right. But I'm going to go out on a limb. Alex Bowman. Bowman as the champion? Yep. Oh, wow. And Did, right. Didn't you just yeah. earlier say that Josh Berry was going to win it? And you're already second guessing it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, he did my top, top two. Well, got him. All right, so Barry is second. Who's your other two? And Alex, uh, I said Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott. And I think the 10 of uh, the before mentioned. Uh, Noah Gregson? Noah Gregson. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow, that's really That's interesting. Bold. That is interesting. Who, who's yours? Who's yours, Greg? Hen- Hendrick versus SHR. Now, Jamie, you pick first. Oh, you, you want to be the closer. All right, I got you. I got you. So, in with with 2024, uh, obviously there's going to be some some car changes uh, coming up for uh, Toyota and Ford, which I think is going to benefit more of the Chevy drivers in the very in the first half of the uh, year. However, yeah, my fi- my final four. I see everyone. Everyone's picking Chase Elliott. I'm a Chase Elliott fan, but I don't think he makes it into the final four. He'll be in the top eight. He's not making it into the final four. Uh, Kyle Larson's going to be in there. Just too much talent uh, with him. Uh, the man's got more talent in his pinky than I have in my entire body. So where do you want to where do you want to place him in the championship standings? In the championship standings, he is going to be second. All right. Um, third is going to be Denny Hamlin. He's going to finally make it into the Final Four. Uh, fourth is going to be Bubba Wallace. I liked a lot of what Bubba Wallace has been doing uh, from a career growth. Uh, he learned a lot about himself last year, uh, figured out how to get over that hump and win a couple races. And I think that what 2311 is doing is uh, they're doing some really good things. And I see both 23, uh, 20, yeah, 2311 cars making into the final four with your winner being Tyler Reddick. Wow. That's a, oh, wow. Really, that's a really mm-hmm. bold prediction. That's, that's the way wow. for the fucking fences there. All right. It, so my they, picks. 2311's just got something brewing over there. I don't know what 
maybe maybe Mike's slipping them some of his secret stuff, but I'm he's not, sure he, he's got something brewing football. over there, and I think this is going to be a big year uh, for that team. All right, so so my picks and fourth in the championship standings, I have the 17 of Chris Busher. In third place, in third place, I have the six of Brad Keselowski. Don't call it a comeback. And second place, I have the 12 of Ryan Blaney. And and for a repeat. And for the championship, I have the 24 of William Byron getting his redemption from 2023. Ooh. That that guy was the most consistent driver in all 2023. Yep. Call me wrong. I think you're – no, I don't think you're wrong at all. I don't think you're wrong at all. Well, I I can see it. The only thing is – He's a wheel man. He he is a wheel man. It's just we don't know what these – other manufactured cars are going to be like. And even though Chevy will have the early advantage, I think there's, there's going to be some advantages that pop up later with the other manufacturers. And that's why I was kind of leaning more towards uh, 2311. I think the way that the, uh, the new Toyota is being built, so- I, just looking at the, the aerodynamics of how the, how the car looks and things like that, which I think Toyota is going to be the ultimate uh, advantage I was, for the later I, half. I, I actually was just looking at pictures of that new to, to a toy, Toyota. Toyota. Like, yeah, like <laughs> two hours ago. And yeah, it looks, looks a little different. It looks a little stockier, a little beefier. Which Toyota are they using right now? Uh, Toyota is moving to the new uh, Camry this year. Okay. They're, they're trying the to make S- it look more like the stock the XSE. So I had a question. Do you Go think they're it. ever going to add another um, another manufacturer ever? Yes. Yes, I would and, say so. And who do you think it would be? Honestly, I think either Nissan or Honda. I think another foreign, foreign one would be nice. You know what's yeah, pissing me I, off is Dodge should come back. Fucking Dodge should have always been on there. And I don't think Dodge will because they're going I, all electric. I know. And that's what's wrong. Everybody's I, going sideways and they're all woke. We need just need both fucking race cars. Just fucking I, race I cars. Believe, I believe after 2025 and the new TV rights deal gets put in place and stuff, 2026, I believe we'll see probably Honda enter, enter the sport. Absolutely. Yep. I yep. absolutely I agree with you totally. I think Look that's gonna happen. I think that's gonna happen hundred percent. They'll probably use the Accord uh body style because that's technically their quote unquote full size sedan. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I, think, right, I think it's gentlemen. good stuff though. Yep. yep. Yeah, they definitely need more manufacturers. They need more exposure. Yeah. Well, all right, gentlemen, that will conclude tonight's episode. I appreciate you guys coming on. It was a very successful first episode. Well, it wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, this right. is fun. I, I look forward to, to continuing this every Wednesday. Absolutely. 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 And, and with that, we will see you guys next Wednesday night. All right. Take it easy. One, two, three. Deuces. 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 Deuces.